Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm excited to welcome on a Baltimore native, a chef, and much, much more at the food market, La Food Marquetta, uh, Quality Snowballs, The Hall CP, Hoopla Catering, and they are the co-author of the Food Market at Home Cookbook. Please welcome Chad Gauze. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. Uh, I admire your work. You work with really creative and cool people and excited to be a part of the group. I, I appreciate it. And thank you. Um, and, and thank you for all the, the cool stuff that you're doing. Uh, yeah, just kind of, um, you know, following around for the last few years and going to many of your establishments. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to get my my official snowball next year. You know, let me make this, this thing happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. if you if you will. Um, I want to start off with the very like sort of introductory thing and in a way for the folks who may not be aware of you, but might be aware of uh, things that you've been on. Um, I know that, you know, you were part of the Netflix show. Um, what is it? Fresh Fried and Crispy, what have you. Uh, and, you know, seeing some of your stuff on there. So if you could like share who you are, your culinary background and and things of that nature to to start off this uh, conversation. Definitely. So my name is Chad Goss. Uh, I'm Baltimore born and raised, you know, I stayed local and um, I started in the restaurant industry as a young man at 14 years old and worked my way up to the uh, owner of the, uh, I started the food market, La Food Marquetta, Hoopla Catering, Quality Snowballs, Food Market Columbia, and some other fun concepts that are coming up in the future. So that's who I am, simply as Baltimore chef, just trying to make people happy. <laughs> that's that's great and um also author right or co-author is that another part of the title a hundred percent definitely i definitely use someone to write the book for me just because um you know my my attention span is sitting down and typing and writing isn't quite there it's you know, i'd rather have a knife in my hand but um, I, I am a published author of my own personal cookbook the food market at home that's that's really that's really dope um i i had this this idea and you know, kind of highlighting some of the the really interesting food that that goes on here. And I think, you know, people within the industry might know, but people outside, uh, they don't really give Baltimore and like pretty much Baltimore adjacent the credit for having such really interesting and really good food, accessible food in that way. And um, so definitely having, you know, a, a, an author of a cookbook on here is, is really cool as well. Well, definitely. Thank you. And I, honestly, just a, just a comment to what you just said. I mean, Baltimore is an underdog city. We know that, you know, and if, yeah. if you know it, you know it, and you love it. And uh, I've been to many, many, many of the cities in the top rated restaurants and all of them. And Baltimore food is super unique and super soul satisfying. And it contends with any city I've ever been to. I promise you. That's that's great to hear. It's great to hear from, from someone who would know, you know, as you said a moment ago, you rather have a knife in your hand, which, you know, could work a couple of different ways. But I assume in the kitchen. <laughs> no, 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 definitely in the kitchen, only in the kitchen. And, uh, and looking at myself, um, I uh, it was funny. Um, I went to one of my my buddy's spots recently, one of his uh, his restaurant recently. And I told him, I was like, I got into a fight with a chef knife. And he started laughing at me and I showed him my thumb. He's like, oh, rookie mistake. I was like, appreciate it. Appreciate it, sir. <laughs> Yeah, you always lose. I promise you. Don't don't fight the knife. You'll lose. I promise <laughs> right. you. Right. right. You can't win. I'm winning. Yeah. So talk about a, a bit one of the, those those really impactful memories you have um, in in cooking. Whether it's like you know one of those first memories, whether it's one of those more challenging like scenarios, and and going through the process, and you know cutting your teeth and and, and making your bones. Yeah, I mean, 
So, I mean, with, I have a lot of experience. I've been in this business a long time, you know, and um, that's a question we could probably talk about for days, to be honest with you. But, um, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite memories I have is my flashback. Honestly, every time I go near a steam kettle jacket, which is something that you make soup and, soups and um, sauces with in the restaurant, to this day, um, you know, I'll be 43 in a couple months. And um, I picture myself as like an 18-year-old boy on that piece of equipment with kind of no clue what I was doing, but I learned how to whip that thing like you've never seen in your life. I used to rock this thing. I used to be able to make 10 sauces in three hours, and I could just really, really roll through it. I could just picture myself with my pant legs rolled up like I've always had, one foot on that drain pan and just that, that whisk in my hand, just just killing this just killing this uh, this pot. It was just it's such a happy memory. And honestly, that's probably my best thing that I'm fortunate enough to go to see myself as a young man you know, next to that piece of equipment, it gives me chills talking about it. That's, that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I get, to, I get to connect to my youth, right? So I can't lose. Right. <laughs> we always look at those, those things that uh, come up in, in, in our careers and, and some of the stuff that we're doing. And it's like, yeah, that was one of those moments. I, I remark back on it and think back on it uh, as, as I've done more and more stuff with this sort of podcast, I start, think, start thinking about um, just, you know, progression, like um, 2022 was a really cool year for me in terms of growth and doing this. And, you know, I'm going to think about that in, in, in one regard, but I'm also going to think about the first time I got on stage uh, probably in 2017 or going to think about the first time I was buying equipment. I remember those things very well, and they may not always be highlights, and and but those are those uh, memories that that really have an impact on us. Absolutely. I mean, I could tell you stories for days, but, you know, like going back to, you know, trying to sharpen knives and cut my hands and having to leave in somebody's car to go to the hospital to, you know, to, to writing menus and looking back from now and saying, wow, I can't believe how juvenile what I was writing was and how incomplete my thought processes were. But on the other hand, I'm like, I was the only person I knew that was 19 that was trying to write menus. Right. 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 So, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. And, that's really where I reflect. It's more internally than it's, than it's like a, a true experience of one time. Right. Right. So I, I read somewhere that you're, you're not the biggest fan of the, the term chef, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really love it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And, I, and I think some of the, some of the folks that I've talked to more and more folks are kind of moving away from that, that terminology and like, eh, I don't really like it. Uh, I'm I'm a dude that does this, or I'm I'm a lady that does this, or what have you. And I, I think that that's really interesting. Um, what do you attribute to, like, why, like, you know, people may be moving away from it or yourself? Why do you move away from that sort of terminology? Well, I've been away from it since the very beginning, you know, and I've always respected chefs that wanted to be called chef as chef. But, you know, um, I, I've always felt like kind of like, I'm a, kind of like the one love world, you know, we're all from the same, and you know, we're all equals and, you know, it's, it's a position. I don't believe there's a such thing as a boss as the manager, you know, like boss gives too much power. Chef gives too much power. We're all there for the greater good. And, you know, and um, it's the same team at the end of the day. And, you know, like, and, and a team leader gets respect as the leader. They don't have to be called that to be put on a pedestal to diminish everybody else around them, you know, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like, I like equality a whole, whole lot. Right. And we all have different positions in life. Right. You know, it's like you have to start somewhere to become the chef and yes, you earn the title chef. And I, I can understand the other side of the argument, but for me personally, mm-hmm. being known as Chad makes me more relatable to you, which has you less nerves around me, which allows me to get into you what I really need into you much, 
better and smoother and therefore you're in a better position to receive. Yeah. It, it it's it's run less hierarchical and in I, you know again like i said i i really admire chefs i dig chefs i dig people who are in that hospitality uh like industry um and recognizing that it almost has sort of this military component to it and in, in in terms of the hierarchy and you know the way some people go about it but you know more and more of the folks that i like and i admire and i go to their place regularly and spend money at these places and you know it's a consideration when someone's coming from out of town hey what's a good place to go oh let's go to the food market you know it's because of that sort of vibe no, I agree. You know, I just like the down to earth, like our, our slogans up the par and down to earth. That's what we, that's what we strive for in everything we do. You know, it's just to deliver to high, at, at the highest level that we're trying to deliver for what we're offering, you know, at the most down to earth approachable way as possible. So I, I read that, you know, the, the qualities and I'm, I'm using the term just for the sake of uh, simplicity, but the four qualities of a chef include um, reliable communication. It's an observable um, observation skills, uh, creative spark and the ability to serve dishes outside of the box, flexibility and adaptability and intuition. I'm a big fan of odd numbers and there was only four there. If there Ooh. was a fifth quality, what would that fifth quality be? I think relatable. I don't think that's one of them. Relatable. Because you can't, you can only go so far if people aren't on your side. I can cook for five people by myself, and it still stresses me out. I can cook for five hundred people with five people. Weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? You know, think it, about it. It makes sense. It makes sense. Where you know you can have places that you know, and I've heard this, and it's and, and it kind of relates. I've I've talked to like curators in the visual art space, right? And they'll look at work oh. and saying, you know, technically speaking, this is done very well, blah, blah, blah. It has all of the markers of quote unquote, good art, but does it speak to me? And that echoes this notion of, is it relatable? Like you can have really good food done really well, have a great environment and so on, but something doesn't quite click. Like it just, maybe not for the market, maybe not for the community. And that sort of down to earth thing is more applicable here in Baltimore, many pockets versus like sort of this, you know, always white tablecloth. And it's like, know your audience. And I think that's the relatability thing. Yeah, but I, but I, I believe that white tablecloth can do that as well. Sure. Right. You know, it's like, it just comes down to, to, you know, knowing your guests and trying to just be relatable and just trying to be a decent human being. And I'm not saying that the people that aren't, aren't because there is a place for food education. There's restaurants for that where you can go and be really adventurous and learn something new and this and that. But to me, it's, to me, it's food and food is like, it's fun. And it's, and it's, I, I like, food. I, I view dining as a service to you to not have to cook dinner for yourself and for us to have an opportunity to showcase what we came up with mm. more than I look at it as a chance for me to, teach you about escargot or caviar or something that you've never had before okay yeah yeah it's uh it's that it's that show off time mm -hmm. exactly um so you you, you touched you touched on relatability i think that's going to be one of them in terms of your culinary style within the overarching brand because there's there's many there's many under this brand you know as i touched on earlier the food market food marketa uh la food marketa um quality snowballs and so on hoopla catering um describe your approach whether it is from a cooking standpoint whether it's from a business standpoint from a brand standpoint what are three words that really describe what you're doing what are those three words please them all grandma the gordon ramsay the six words with two separate threes. 
Go on. <laughs> I like that. that. You would keep giving you threes. I can give you threes all day, probably. But no, Grandma and the Gordon Ramsay is like one of our sayings. You know, like at the end of the day, if you know Gordon Ramsay comes in, he orders a steak frites and he orders a medium rare. It needs to be perfectly medium rare, and the fries need to be crispy, and the sauce needs to not be too much. The garnish needs to be fresh. The cracked black pepper needs to, you know, accent the dish. You know, um, meanwhile, Grandmom needs to come in and you know, eat a crab cake that takes her back to, you know, being in Baltimore City in 1954, eating her first crab cake on the side of the road. That's, right? that's wonderful. So, like, food, food, food is soul. Food is nostalgic. Food is, it's literally communal. It's, it's literally endless what food is for you. Yeah, like, I, so one of the things I'll, I'll share this with you, and I, I don't think I told this to you when we initially uh, spoke. Uh, so my my partner, she, she doesn't eat meat, right? Um, she's more of a, she's a pescatarian. She eats meat maybe two times a year. One is for her uh, dad's birthday, um, um, RIP. It's like the dad birthday dinner, right, and memorial. And we go for different burger places. And the second year that she was like, I'm doing this, when me and her started dating, uh, the second year that she was doing it, she was like, I'm going to a food market. They have this really good burger. That was literally what it was. It was just like, and that's the... um, What is is the name of the burger? The uh, Pat... uh, Pat LaFreda burger? Yes. Pat LaFreda. And... And that's always like if we were to put out like here's that list of the places to go to that burger is always at the top. So like we can't we want to diversify it all. But if it's like I don't really really have an idea and I want something that's always clutch, that's always on point. That's, you know, like as you put it, the pepper, the fries, the whole thing. That's the burger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, um, thank you for that. That means a lot to me. And, um, you know, burger is one of those things that everybody has a favorite. And if you told me your favorite was McDonald's and I said my favorite was Capital Burger in D.C., there's there's nowhere to meet in the middle. Right. You like what you like. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, so to, to hear that super, um, you know, it makes me feel really, really good to have to hear that, you know, just because it's such a familiar item. But as far as our burger goes, we try to think outside of the box. You know, we, we kind of load it up for you already. So you don't have to ask for a bunch of different things. You know, you don't have to feel uncomfortable saying can I also have bacon? Can I have mustard? Can I have ketchup? And at the end of the day, that runs the server wild anyways. It's just more stuff on the ticket, more stuff the kitchen needs to read. You know, it's just for from a production standpoint, it's more of a hassle. Yeah. So like um our, our keto good burgers, we started using the um the meat man in New York, the king the king of meat in New York is Pat Lafreda, you know, dry aged beef. Um it's aged creekstone beef that's, you know, made into a burger patty form for us. And then um I think we're the original users of that to my knowledge, at least the original to market Pat Lafreda in Baltimore, and that was 10 years ago. And um, we do that, and then we use a Tullamook cheddar, which is the cheddar cheese that's out of Oregon. But yeah. we shred the cheese rather than slice the cheese so it melts a little faster. Mm. And then and then rather than have like that like raw cheese in the center, you know what I mean by raw, just not melted. Yeah. And then we, but what we do that's fun is we take our bacon and we cook it to say medium, and then we, pulse, we let it cool and then pulse it in the food processor in its own fat with a little bit of spices. And then we form that into a... Um, it's like bake, basically a bacon patty using a tortilla press. And we wow. lay that on top of the cheese. And then when we finish the burger, we cook the burger, um, you know, a little less than one temperature, a little more than one temperature below. And then we put that shredded cheese and that bacon on top and then put it in the oven for a second. So all the bacon fat gets set into the cheese. So it doesn't just roll off the melted cheese. It gets set into the melt of the cheese. Right? That's amazing. Even, but even for me, I'm so particular that even like the burger roll, like I don't like a burger roll that's griddled open face. I, I'm the only way, as soon as the burger comes in, it's more important to me that the chef puts the, the roll in the oven to bake the roll than to put the meat on the grill. So 
You put the burger bun in closed. You get a crispiness on the outside. When it comes out, you wrap it in a towel and you let it sit there. And then it steams on the inside. So I like rolls that are crunchy on the outside and steamy soft on the inside. And then we serve this, like, we call it slaughterhouse steak sauce, ketchup and Dijon mustard with it. And it's just like kind of like um, the mash made in heaven. Yes, I mean, I like I like the way that you describe that. This is that sort of like inside dope of here's the background on this burger, all of the thinking that goes into it, and um, that's that's really good. I'm hearing that attention to detail that is is needed for something that is so so around. I think so so prevalent as as a burger. It's like this was really thought out, and it has these intricate details in it that I think someone who doesn't notice, like I'm a I always joke about it. I get a lot of crap for it, but I have really strong taste buds and I know when things are a certain way. And I'm like, yeah, this is on point because of these reasons and having that extra context from you, literally from the horse's mouth, if you will, uh, really adds to that. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it honestly, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not well thought out, right? I mean, there's art that's amazing and so simple, which is so well planned. 100%. Right? So... Talk about some of the inspiration that goes into a menu. You you were talking about earlier, you know, being at 19 and trying to put together like a menu or what have you. Talk about that sort of like arc and trajectory when you're like where you're at now, you know, you know, being in the industry coming up on 30 years, right? Um, versus like being at like 19. Yep, definitely. And I think that um, I think my menu, my major thing in menu inspiration is I want like it to be kind of like, why didn't I think of that? That's my idea behind all of my ideas. Like, gosh, I wish I would have thought of that first, right? Like when I read a menu and I see something that's like really like cheeky and fun, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have got to that first because I can never redo that even though I love the idea to death because that's theirs and it's so obviously theirs, like French onion rings or spaghetti and crab meatballs. Like if anybody does any of those style dishes in, in this country, I feel like they stole it from me, right? Because it's just so unique, right? Like that's my stuff. Right. right. So, you know, we were doing like, like even like the Amish salt pretzels and the beer cheese that are super popular there. We were doing it before, way before anybody was. We were doing half-baked cookies or blondies, excuse me, like before anyone was even thinking about half-baking those. You know, it's just like, we're like, we're like definitely trendsetters in the sense. Yeah. We've been doing that stuff for a long time, you know, but, um, but like I said, I want, I want the menus to think, why didn't I think of that? I want, I want the, I want the vegan to be as happy as the pescatarian, as happy as the carnivore. I want um, grandma and the Gordon Rams, like I said. And then kind of like the, the deepest of inspiration, it, it really comes from just at the end of the day, you know, you're a chef, so you're using what's available to you and like in the highest quality of the time. You know, like I'm not thinking tomatoes right now because it's the worst time of the year for that. Right. Right. And, and I like that you mentioned one of my my favorite. I, I love those pretzels with the beer cheese. It like, you know, during the um, 2022, what have you, it's one of those things where, you know, we're people that would go out, um, you know, on occasion, maybe once, maybe once a week or what have you. And because that wasn't a thing that was happening, it's like, all right, how do we do the the take home experience? And you know, always, you already know it's going to be a certain, like, you know, it's going to be different. It's it's going to be different, but, you know, you still want the things that you want. So literally it's like, all right, food market, you know, let's, let's spend whatever we're going to spend because we want the things that we want. And um, always those pretzels were a part of it. Always the burger, always the mozzarella sticks. It was, it was always a part of that whole, whole move. And I believe there was a dessert and it's been a it's been a little while but i believe that was a dessert that we were always getting as well it may have been the blondies and 
you know, it, it's it's definitely part of it. And, and regardless of, you know, obviously the experience and going to the place, you know, and enjoying the whole setup, the ambiance, the whole setup is important. But even, you know, with some of the limitations that was there, you guys didn't miss a beat. You know, it was still like we're literally so bringing got, food market to satisfaction. Home. Absolutely. Was yeah. the dessert the Heath Bar Crunch bread pudding? Yes, actually, it was that. You're right. Yeah, because that's super popular as well. Like, I mean, that's that's honestly our biggest problem is that. So, long story short, my favorite accolade of my of all of my achievements in, as being a chef is that um, food market has in Hamden has been on um, the list of top ten most booked restaurants in Baltimore City every single month for ten years in open table, which wow. I find to be a really big deal considering that we do not open for lunch. Our hours during the week are five until nine. So we're only open four hours a day. And on top of it, we're only 90 feet. And we're in a city of a lot of 200 seat restaurants, mm-hmm. right? So to be that small, that limited in offering of hours and to be that busy, you know, is pretty amazing. So, that's, so what, like, what, what that comes back to is that we have a lot, a lot of food that people consider signature. You know, like if you think of, I'll use something that everybody knows, like let's say like Chipotle, like the only thing really signature to me there is barbacoa. If I'm going to Chipotle, I'm always getting barbacoa. Like I don't want anything else to have that. Right. You know, it's just what I get when I go, yeah. but food markets, I mean, just you alone and carry out, you have five things that you have to get before you even think about trying something else. This is true. This is true. Right. So I think that's like, that, that makes me really excited and happy to, to know that as well. So I, I, I want to stay on the, the topic around food, obviously. Um, what are what are some like odd combinations that you enjoy? Because I, I can hear that, you know, you're very like I can, I can kind of get that everything that's on that menu is like this is the way that Chad likes it. You know, it's kind of what I'm getting out of it, which <laughs> yeah, no. I, I really I really dig. I mean, if I have my place, it's like this is the way that Robbie's it. So this is where we're making it. What what are. What are some of your weirder like food combinations that aren't quite on the menu, but you're like, you know what, one day we're going to get it on there. And now now preface this by by saying that there is one food combination. It's ridiculous. It's super fat, but it's very delicious. I like very garlicky whipped potatoes with like cream of crab soup. I like that is a combination. It's delicious. What is a combination for you? (laughs) Thank you. All right. So look, I, I mean, like, it'll never make any of my menus just because it's not the style of food that I do, right. you know, but um, one of my favorite things in the world, and this is probably going to sound so damn stupid, but <laughs> my, one of my favorite, favorite things, I almost like want to tell you because it's so good. I feel like I need to keep it with just me, but I love, 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 love an everything bagel with peanut butter, grape jelly and bacon on it. Flats. Wow. It's one of the best flavors in the world. I promise you. Like, go get one. I'll make that happen. I promise you. It's the best bagel on the planet. It's like when the jelly's dripping off the back, the peanut butter's on your hands, you got the smokiness, you got the seed, you got the garlic, you got the onion, you got the sweet, the salty. It's amazing. And then it has the texture thing with all of the uh, the different things that are on everything bagel as well. Oh, absolutely. You have the chew of the bagel, you have the bacon chew, you have the, you know, the smoothness of the jelly and the peanut butter, you have the texture of the seeds. I mean, like, I'm telling you, it's just, it just hits so different. I'm telling you, I love it. <laughs> that's, that's look. Here's that pop up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should do that like a pop up breakfast, like peanut butter, jelly, and bacon. You know, yeah. but um, it's really great. Comes wrapped in the foil, it's a little steam. And then when I order, the people think I'm crazy. I'm like, I'll buy you one, you know. And they're like, okay, I'll try it. And then the next time I see them, like, this is amazing. That's that's the thing. Like, I, you know, 
in that that kind of leans into this this sort of next question that I have. Um, again, you know, in, in in talking and having conversations with chefs, I really want to get into the the mindset of folks that are food people, and you know, so there I have this notion of like hidden menus, and there are certain things that I go to a place I don't need like. I don't need a lot of attention. I know what I want. I, I know what I need. I can post up at the bar. Just look, I'm going to order the same thing. I always order the same thing. If I go to Forge for sake of argument, I'm going to order the mushroom stew and the Rob Lee drink that's on the menu. It is delicious. And Chris is going to come out. He's going to say, hey, Rob, blah, blah, blah. And that's what it is. No fuss, whatever. So when you have like, quote unquote, the friends that come there, you're, 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 you're part of service. What is sort of that, you know, that that next level sort of thing that as a chef you do to maybe show love in that that way? Because there's a different environment when a chef sees their people and, you know, they everyone's their people, obviously. But when a chef sees like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my guy right there. Uh, compliments mm-hmm. to the chef. Tell me about that. How does that work for you? Yeah. So like and, and like once again, like in it, it, this is I, like this is where sometimes I feel like I I get nervous about talking how I feel, because I feel like as a chef. And as a, mainly as a chef, as a creator, as 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 an artist in quotations here, you know. But um, I feel like we are constantly changing our mind. Like I, I love what I hate and hate what I love, and I change what I think. And it's like so often that like one of my biggest fears when people are like when they say, "Oh, Chad doesn't like it like that," and I'm like, I don't even know if I don't like it like that yet, you know, because I change how I feel so often, right? You know. But as far as the food goes. I try to read the guests. Like, I mean, honestly, I'll know your food allergies before I even know your name. You know, like I'll remember <laughs> that's the chick that doesn't eat shrimp and I have no clue what your name is. I have no clue about nothing about you, not your boyfriend, nothing. But I know that you don't eat shrimp. Right? right. So like, that's how I relate to people. It's like, how did they diet? Or like, that's the person that gets managed with that. So I think it's gross. You know, like just like whatever it is. Right? So I try to, I try to tailor towards the guests because at the end of the day, we're in the business of making people happy. So yeah. people come in and I have to randomly cook for them. I try to cook things I know that they want to eat because there's nothing worse than giving a piece of rockfish belly to somebody that really can't stand finfish. And now they have the, the maximum depth of flavor of fish and that they have to eat it to make it look like they cared about you giving it to them. Make sense? It does. So if it I does. know you're a meat eater, I try to just pull out the best beef I have and season it and grill it perfectly and just add maybe a, a secret sauce in the, that I have in the restaurant that I use for something different that I think pairs well with it or make something short on the fly to come up with just to show the love that way. I, I love but that. It's all about comfort to me. Comfort matters more than anything to me. That's, that's wonderful. And I'm sorry for beating around the bush answer, but that's really how I operate. No, 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 no. I think that was, I think that's a good answer. I, I think, you know, comfort is, is key or what have you. And, you know, again, it's, it's hospitality. Like, you know, and, and I think, that was a thing that is a reset. Um, you know, the restaurant industry by and large, I think was hit. It's been impacted um heavily, you know, from you know, COVID and people not having that sort of foot traffic or even inflation and you know, all of the other stuff that's already baked into the industry as it is. Um, and you know, like certain things that just don't pop up as line items, right? Like, you know, I use the mm. comparison of, hey, olive oil went up a lot, but no one is saying seeing olive oil on the menu. They know it's used to make certain things. They know it's part of the whole cooking process for many things on the menu, but it's not showing up as a line item, you know, on the, on the menu for the uh, con- con- consumer. So, you know, I think some of the folks, some of the restaurants that have succeeded and gone on, regardless of whatever changes they had to do to price and things of that sort, um, 
hospitality has been key. It's like, I'm going to go to the place that I feel comfortable. I'm going to go to the place where my business feels like it's appreciated. And there are a lot of, you know, chefs here, restaurants here that it's just like, they, they forgot that piece of it. They forget that piece of the hospitality that these folks are guests. They're not customers per se, they're guests. I, I completely agree. The difference in five-star and four-star chicken wings is having enough napkins and enough drinks to not feel like you're running out of that and eating something too spicy and not having your friend to, you know, your friend of your glass of wine or your beer or your water to, to kind of cool you off a little bit, right? Or yeah. you're worried about screwing up your shirt with not having enough napkins. You know, yeah. that's hospitality. 100%. Right. So it's a huge, I think, I think, I think it's impossible that five-star food without five-star hospitality. Absolutely. And so I think that that's a good spot for us to stop with the real question and real questions. Now I got to hit you with some rapid fire questions and we'll close on that. Um, and again, you know, the, these, these are only fun questions. They're, sh they're kind of short answers to these questions. So here you go. Um, if uh, so mint mints or gum, like, you know, person's like, look, I've had a lot of garlic, you know, let's say you've had a lot of garlic and it's like, all right, gum, I need some. Gum, 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 last longer, gum. <laughs> Uh, I recently yeah. switched to mints. Uh, my, my my girlfriend makes fun of me. She's like, oh, you would another 35 pack of gum that you're going to finish in a day. I was like, look, can I live for, for five seconds? <laughs> yeah, I like mints too. Don't get me wrong. I love like, especially candy canes around Christmas. I love them. I could eat a thousand. I'm like a horse. You know, but... <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, gum, I think it lasts longer. And also it's just like kind of like buys the time. What is something that is always in your personal refrigerator? Cappuccinis, olives, like basically like cured vegetables. Yeah. Uh, what did you have for breakfast today? I think that's a new question I'm starting to add to the mix. What did you have for breakfast today? So honestly, today I just started doing some uh, some different uh, things. Um, a, a shit ton of vitamins, a protein shake, uh, no fat yogurt with some local honey and an orange. Five cups of coffee, three bottles of water. Did you say five cups I'm of wreck. coffee? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a wreck. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I just rock it, you know? I've been in the sauna today drinking. I drink coffee in the sauna every day. Oh, wow. You're definitely getting the nice fits going, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm a savage in the morning. I dig it. I, I need to start going to the sauna more. Um, I'm I'm on the back end of this. Uh, I'm on a 36, well, 37, almost 38 hour fast right now. And all I've been drinking is like sipping uh, apple cider vinegar and drinking water and black coffee. That's literally my uh, what's in my system right now. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I have a sauna in my house. It's the best investment I ever made in my life. I think we've talked about this. I, I am I am jealous of that. Um, I, I'm going to have to put one in the backyard, like because you know I'm a big boy. Yeah, I need well, to. They have indoor, outdoor. They're amazing. I'm telling you, it's the best money you can spend. It's amazing. I'd Good rather job. have it than a pool. Good to know. I think this, that once this podcast empire really blows up and I'm going to act like I don't know anybody, I'm just going to be in my sauna, you know, <laughs> yeah. on Canva, sending yeah. out tweets and things of the sort. Absolutely. Do it. This is the last one I got for you. Um, what is your favorite kitchen gadget? Like, what do you get like the most like sort of like traction out of most use out of within the kitchen? And I know gadgets are gimmicky. I remember the slap chop and all of that. But what is your favorite kitchen gadget? So right now, um, I mean, it's not a gadget, but I'm, I'm the hugest fan of an offset serrated knife. I feel like I can do anything in the world with it. But I guess as far as the gadget goes, I love a blender stick. I feel like a, I like a butter prep blender. I like blenders. I think I can get textures and I can kind of like enhance flavors really, really deep that way. Nice. Nice. That's good. Uh, 
So that's pretty much it for the the questions. And I, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And I want to invite and encourage you to tell the folks where they can check you out, food market, all of the things that you're doing, all of the thousand things that you're doing. Uh, the floor is yours. Okay, cool. Well, so once again, I'm Chad Goss. I have the food market in Hamden, the food market in Columbia. I have the Hall and College Park that I'm a partner in. I have um, Bob Food Marquette in Pikesville. I have Hoopla Catering. And I have quality snowballs and a few new things coming soon that I can't talk about yet, but just keep an eye out. It's coming. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Chad Goss from the food market and many, many, many others for coming on and uh, spending a yarn with me. And for Chad Goss, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, food, lots of food. And around Baltimore, we have some of the best food. You just got to look for it. Oh, 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 oh,